welcome back, everybody. It's been a uh, it's been about two or three weeks. I guess about three weeks because we missed two. So if you add the week in front, oh, and yeah. the week in the middle, and the week after, that's three. And yes, y'all just heard Tim's voice. Tim is Tim is back here. And hello, um, wanted to uh, get started on a really sad note today. Mm. Um, something serious. Uh, Riffin's going to be a little bit more serious today. We'll still try to be ourselves, but. Um, the reason for the two-week hiatus, uh, Tim's dad passed away uh, somewhat unexpectedly. So we've been processing that. Tim's been processing that. His family has been in a state of grief and mourning. Mm-hmm. And we thought uh, that that's, you know, life and death mm-hmm. happens to everybody. And so we're going to take you know, not a long podcast today, 20, 25 minutes and we'll see where it goes just to talk about kind of, you know, how Tim, how you're feeling and just these mm-hmm. kind of these stages of grief. And, you know, we can always talk about it before and we probably even have talked about it before, but like to all of a sudden have to experience it. Well, it, yeah. And um, we it's easy to talk about something whenever you're not in the thick of it because you just have like an idea of what it, what it should be but whenever you're actually in the thick of something like everything goes out the window <laughs> and you don't realize like what is actually helpful until you're in the moment and so i mean truthfully i probably am not ready to be doing a podcast but i think it's also helpful to hear someone who's like in the thick of something um traumatic because you're getting like a raw you know a raw experience from this episode and hopefully, like, if you're dealing with something traumatic or you know someone is, maybe by the end of this episode, you can better help them or you can know what's better for you if you're dealing with something traumatic. So, yeah. And I know I can't, I mean, I can't imagine right now. And certainly mm-hmm. if you had said, yeah, I don't want to do it, because it's fine. I wouldn't. I do miss it. I, I, I missed it. Uh and I'm thankful to have people that I can talk to. And I've had a lot of friends and family I've been talking to. And my therapist was like, you know, you can talk to people, but just don't relive the experience, at least for a while. So maybe someday I'll tell everybody what happened and whatever. But the, the gist of it is, is my dad was um, very depressed for the past two years because of his depression. He wasn't moving a lot because he wasn't moving a lot. He developed blood clots. Um, because of his depression, he wasn't telling anybody about his pain levels. And then two weeks ago to the day, um, he collapsed and, um, you know, happened right there in front of me and um, was in the ICU, a life support. And then he died two weeks ago today. So it's just been like crazy, you know, like world, world changing life, you know, and all that stuff. But um yeah, we can we can just talk into like what does grief look like and trauma and all that jazz. <laughs> this is a new obviously for you. Everything is new. Mm-hmm. And overwhelming and scary and a lot of fear. Even this podcast. Mm-hmm. We would talk about the struggles sometimes of having somebody in our lives with depression and how you want to be sensitive, you mm-hmm. want to understand, and then when they're not around venting those frustrations of like, you want to help, you mm-hmm. want to experience, you want to understand. And we talk about it. And then now it's, it's a different, it's different now. So if there's lots of pauses and just silence during this episode, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. Cause everything's new. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought I, I say this all the time. I think I have a good grasp on life, and I think I, I think I can handle things. And then something like this happens, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I feel like a seven year old <laughs> inside, and I, the world is new again. Yeah. Um. And I mean, you know, oh, geez, I don't. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You don't have to. I mean, that's what I said. Like, this is kind of a very, um. It's casual. It's it's different. And I think as it takes a lot of courage to do this. Mm. Like for me, it's like, okay, yeah, it's new. I've got it. I'm talking to a a different person. (laughs) Like you're the same Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know what's going on in your brain and in your mind is it's it's different. You're still in the in the process in the thick of it. And we've been able to talk a little bit. Mm. Um, But Mm. It's just finding a new normal and everyone always tells you you never get over the loss of someone. You just learn to live with it. And the funny thing is, like, it doesn't matter how rational and how like, like, you know, obviously there's the facts. He's not suffering anymore. You know, you can say he's in a better place and, um, you know, you can say all these things to try to make you feel better. But that doesn't take away the fact that you feel a thousand other emotions, too, that you don't know what to do with. And. You know, I guess I'm getting at is like no matter how rational you th- of a human you think you are, like this this kind of um, surpasses that, and I just feel like I'm losing my mind like every day. <laughs> no doubt. Um, just because like it's just such a it just bends your mind so much. Like obviously you know everyone dies. Obviously you know chronologically your parents are probably going to go before you, but I think just the way that it went down was extremely traumatic. Like. You know, I'm sure if your parent is 90 years old and they get an illness and they die of old age or or something like that, I'm sure that's heartbreaking. But, you know, he was, if you guys don't, I mean, I guess you wouldn't know. He was incredibly, incredibly active and in shape. He ran every single day, lifted weights every single day. A huge part of the community volunteered, sang at choir, you know, like he was a teacher for over 30 years, won awards for best teacher, like, you know, just amazing, amazing dad who treated, I mean, I can't, I, you know, I can't get into it just because I'd be going all day, but just, I had a category for depression, I thought, and then seeing him go through this and then seeing where it ultimately led him, it's like, I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. And it's way scarier and deeper than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. Which and, scares me. <laughs> and it leaves you with a whole lot more questions yeah. and answers of, you know, why and mm-hmm. how and and how long was he fighting a battle that maybe he didn't even know he was fighting. Mm-hmm. And it, all of a sudden it just started to chip away and and um, a lot of unpacking. Well, I think I think you and I always talk about what's the thing beneath the thing. And if people are ever curious as to why John and I are so obsessed about that, it's because of situations like my dad where like, Mm -hmm. what's going on? Like, that's why I'm so obsessed with this topic. Like what's going on that's driving these things that, and maybe that's a rabbit hole that you'll never get out of. And um, there's a lot of acceptance, You, you know, life is about accepting situations for what they are so yeah the book that your brother shared with me uh your body keeps the score i'm interested to to read about that and how trauma works Mm -hmm. you know whenever i was a kid you know growing up with an alcoholic father there was that constant low level stress Mm -hmm. all day just boils every day of what's dad gonna be like today 
um, what can and can't I do today? Because maybe one day I did one thing and he got pissed. And then the next day I did the same thing and he didn't get pissed. And why, why when he was three to 11, was I so relieved? Mm -hmm. And why did he, when he worked seven to three, you know, and he was home in the evening that I was just like this, like, dang it. And it was just to get through the week. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was like, because I, my, I didn't like my dad, Mm. but what it really was, was like the stress like that stress now is going to be gone mm-hmm. when he was three to 11, <clears throat> didn't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also battling demons. Right. And unbeknownst to me at the time, that's what that was. That was battling these demons that who knows what they are, where they came from. It's just answers you'll never have. And mm-hmm. it's just, man, it's, I don't really know where I was going with that. But, I don't know. Um, um, people fighting battles okay. you just never know about. Yeah, so whenever the news came out and like obviously people were texting me and wanting to know what's going on and I guess one thing I'll say as a tip to someone who's going through a hard time it's very nice so so I've had I've had people say, "Hey, you know, I've been waiting to reach out because I I figure you're getting bombarded and I just don't want to overwhelm you." Maybe for some people that would work, but for me I would rather people just kind of be there and just tell me like, Hey, you know, we don't need to hang out right now, but things are going to be crazy these next couple of weeks. But in a month from now, you and I are grabbing a coffee. Like that is maybe that's my so love to language. Look forward to. Yeah. Because, because yeah. people come to the rescue the first week and it's amazing. You know, like it's amazing that people care, but then whenever you try to cash in on it, sometimes life keeps going for them. And maybe they aren't as free or maybe it's not as immediate for them. But for me, it's like, I still need help over here. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause you know, that's man, that's very intuitive on your side to know that like people don't want to reach out because they don't want to feel like they're bombarding you. Mm. And you're over here like, no, you know, reach out. You're not bombarding me. But if it's about getting coffee in a month, that'd be great because that's giving me something to look forward to. Because two weeks from now, when people stop calling, at least I'll know, hey, we got a date. Yeah, John, you know, so that's like tip number one, I guess, is if you know someone going through a really hard situation, reach out, tell them that you're there for them and mean it for one. Don't just say it to make you feel good. Say it because you genuinely care. And then maybe try to say, see like, Hey, listen, like life is crazy right now. It's going to be crazy, but in like three weeks, a month, let's get together. And because, you know, I've tried meeting up with some people within the past two weeks and it's really hard. (laughs) And like, you know, people always say, you got to distract yourself. You got to get out of the house. But like, I can't really process anything. Um, so it's not very fruitful right now, but when the dust settles, and I get like, you know, that then it'll be nice. So that's one. Yeah. And so just people know, like we could easily go on and on, but I know this, one of the things we did want to do is do those, how to process like from real time, Tim processing grief, sharing like what his experiences are mm-hmm. and helpful things and maybe some unhelpful things too. So, I mean, we're just, you might, y'all might think he's crazy right now. <laughs> like, come on. Wait, do I sound crazy? Right no, not at all. Oh. You sound amazing. The oh. things you're saying is like, but like to come on so soon, 
you know, but this, I mean, this is what we do. It's a riffing podcast. Like I look at this, this as therapy. Yeah. This is us talk therapy here. So like, is this hard? I mean, is it hard for you right now? Yeah. I'm not having fun, Yeah, <laughs> but, but I know that <clears throat> it's therapeutic and it's fresh right now. And like, that's what this podcast is about. And I enjoy doing the podcast in general. So it's like, yeah. I could lay at home right now or I could talk to my friend and hopefully help some people. So it's yeah. like, well, life has to keep moving. And that's another wow. thing too, is like life has to keep going. Like the world can't end whenever someone leaves. It just can't. Um, and like you, f- you might feel like, you know, well, I can't picture it without them, but you know, you kind of, for the good of your family and for the good of your friends and your community, like you have to. So, and I know that maybe, maybe that's like, harsh but i believe that you have to but um yeah so it's like i have two options i can lay in bed and let this crush me or i can just keep trying to like continuing on and that's why i started back work yesterday and um they didn't make me they gave me the option to like keep keep doing my thing but i was like well i have to get into some kind of routine again so yeah and that routine doesn't mean forgetting oh no doesn't mean moving past and forget, you know, move on and forget. But you feel guilty. Oh man, we can talk about this. I've like, n- I never thought that guilt would play such a big part in grief because for the first three days after he passed, I didn't watch anything. I didn't listen to anything. Didn't play any games. I just sat on my porch with an acoustic guitar and just like sat quietly with while my family was around me pretty much. And whenever I had the desire to watch like a YouTube video, I felt like really guilty and I asked my brother about it. And he was like, yeah, I feel guilty too. Um, and we basically got to the conclusion, like, you know, how can we, how can we be sitting here enjoying something whenever our dad just died like three days ago and our mom, you know, and all that stuff. Like, how can you, how can you possibly enjoy something? And obviously the answer is, well, you know, life keeps going, (laughs) you know, you don't die when they die. And so like, you have to find joy and levity in some things. And so slowly over time, I'm, I'm like starting to enjoy things again, like listening to music and you know, all that stuff, but it takes time. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, just the, uh, the brain, how it processes. Mm-hmm. I think about when Emily had her surgery mm-hmm. and they had to cut her, her balance nerve. Dude, so crazy. Like the first time she had to use that, mm-hmm. like her brain, it was gone. It's like literally her brain was just spinning mm-hmm. and she had to retrain. There was exercises to retrain what it's like to now live and function without that. And your brain forms these new connections and your brain rebuilds itself to live with that loss. Mm hmm. And rebuild. Mm-hmm. And I want to like losing someone close to you would probably be very similar mm-hmm. where you've had this baseline. This person's been a part of my life for this long and now, now they're not. Mm-hmm. And your brain doesn't it just it needs to understand that mm-hmm. and form new connections and more different pathways. When you watch a show that you used to watch together. Well, now when you watch, you just think of what happened. Well, yeah, everything's new. like every literally everything's new. I can't. I mean, I, I went on a walk with my mom and we did the route that her and my dad would always walk. And the whole time she's like, this is the first time I'm walking it without him. And 
and all this stuff. And it's just like, you're right. You know, like it's this, you know, people say like, you know, it's people say when you go through trauma, like colors look different, food tastes different, things smell different. It absolutely does. Like the day that we were in the hospital with my dad, we came home and stuff like that. Like I remember it was a beautiful sunny day, no humidity, but everything has felt like, like not as vibrant. Like it really did feel and look that way. And maybe that is like a chemical thing in the brain. Like your brain is just like freaking out. Like it's on overload. So you had mentioned something before too, like, you know, when you were talking about going on that walk and how everything's different and your mom's like, you know, this is the first time, you know, dad's not with me. And I'm like, in my mind, no, he's with you in spirit. Yeah. And thinking that, and like, I know you had mentioned about that having a belief, like, you know, holding onto a belief, mm-hmm. even if the belief is like some people believe it, some people don't like mm-hmm. if it brings you peace in that moment. Well, it's valuable. I mean, I'll tell you right now, like John and I had an old, a whole episode about saying, I'll pray for you. And I'll tell you for me, like that has been so helpful. <laughs> and I mean, for, just in my experience, like we had a pastor who is like the busiest guy I know like stop his life and spend not once, not twice, but three visits in the hospital with us. And he didn't check his clock. He didn't check his phone. He showed up and just sat with us and he cried with us and he was just there for us. And that is like, when I I talk about like a godly man, like it was just, it just blew my mind that this guy like did not have to do this, but he did anyway and prayed for us. And it just brought so much like healing. Um, and it just felt really nice. It just was like very comforting to have like God and prayer in my life and everything. And so for me, I can't imagine dealing with this situation and not believing in heaven or not believing that you'll see him again. Like if you don't have that belief, I would love to talk to you and see how you deal with grief. Cause yeah, I, I, would, I don't know how you do it. I would honestly guess maybe for some people, like unless maybe they have like an ingrown way of, belief from a very young age mm-hmm. i would imagine that most people that say that probably never had to experience mm-hmm. something like that yeah i mean imagine like someone you love more than life itself goes away and you're like well they're gone yeah. well you yeah know, <laughs> there's no connection huh. to you know talking about it like that and even those innermost beliefs you know if if you're never faced with something like that <clears throat> and and those beliefs were never put to the tests mm-hmm. they might you might find pretty quickly like whoa i don't have a section for this mm-hmm. this is different this mm-hmm. is unlike anything i've ever experienced and maybe just maybe i have to start believing a new thing or and that's okay to mm. do that absolutely 100 percent. because i think once we go on around if we start thinking we got it all together and everything's fine. Everything's wonderful. I can handle everything. Like chances are, he's just never been faced with something that serious mm-hmm. to be challenged by. Yep. What happens when your world is rocked? And I'm not talking like you get, you know, you break a leg. I'm talking like <laughs> everything changes. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> one thing too is make sure you aren't telling somebody how to feel. Mm, yeah. And um that's been like a really big one. Cause my brother and I, um, you know, he's older than me by a couple of years, but now it's just my mom, my brother and I now and everybody under the sun, be strong for your mom. You guys got to be strong for your mom. Now you got to be strong for your mom. 
And I get the sentiment and like, and I get it. And I, you know, I was even thinking that too. Like, you know, well, you know, this is going to be hard for her. I got to, you know, I got to, I got some talks. I got to man up, <laughs> you know, I got to be that, I got to be that now. <clears throat> and it's such bullshit. And like, what about my pain? You know, what about my, like, am I not allowed to be weak now? Like, and so basically for the first two, like week and a half, I was really trying to be strong for her. And then like three nights ago, I had like a huge meltdown and was just kind of like, you know, this was like a big moment of weakness, but it was very therapeutic to just like cry and let it out and acknowledge the fact that like, I don't know anything and I feel weak and just acknowledging that was actually therapeutic. So basically the correct thing is don't be strong for your mom. We all should be strong for each other. You know, like Josh can be strong for me and I can be strong for Josh. And you know what I mean? Mom can be strong for me. You know what I mean? Like it should be, uh, what does that look like to be strong for one another? Yeah. Like basically, I guess the goal is we all aren't falling apart. Like, so I have like a boat analogy. So basically it's like, I have a boat and there's some holes in it that I plug with my fingers and I look over and I see that Josh has way more holes than me and he doesn't have enough fingers. And I'm like, well, I only have like three holes. He's got like 12. It's like, you know, I, I can afford some fingers and so I'll help him plug up some holes. And then somehow magically I get some more holes and his disappear. You know what I mean? It's kind of like helping each other out and knowing when to knowing when to help someone else. Like, listen, I have 10 holes I need to fill already, Josh. Like, I can't help you right now, a.k.a. I'm weak right now, and, like, I just don't have the capacity to help you. But maybe mom can. Or, you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, yeah. that's, that's the best I can no. say. No, I mean, right that makes now. sense because you, you, you can't. Well, they always say they always say in the airplane, you know, mm-hmm. you can't help anyone else until you put your own oxygen mask on. It's the truth. Because if you die, like, if you're the most skilled person in the world, even if you're the most skilled person to help people, if you are not taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to take care of other people. Well, that's exactly so put it. Your, put your oxygen mask on. And I often wondered, you know, and I asked that question and I realized as I'm asking that question, like, what does it take to be strong? I'm like, dude, John, that's like a dick question right now. <laughs> like asking somebody who's like in the middle of it to be strong. And I, and I think I told your mom too, like, I don't think strong means not crying. I don't think strong means holding it together. Sometimes it might just mean weeping together and saying, I don't know, or it, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to feel because I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't you know, know. You spend all of this energy, not, and not you, but people, you know, you spend all the energy trying to plug those holes. And I just think I, you know, we, we're visualization guys. I'm a cre- creature guy and I, I'm picturing the cartoon of everybody trying to help each other, plug everybody's holes in their mm-hmm. boats that they're floating in. Mm-hmm in knee deep water (laughs) Mm. and it's like you think you're just afraid like well what if we what if we can't and there's this fear there that like you'll just sink but like no Mm -hmm. you just just stand up stand yeah stop trying to plug the holes let the boat sink and you'll realize like together now oh my gosh Hmm. we're standing up right and that, hmm, like, maybe, maybe, maybe you're just not supposed to plug the holes. Maybe you're just supposed to let the boat fill up with water. Figuratively, obviously, you don't want to. Drown. Right, right. But figuratively, like, maybe it's just let this happen. 
yeah just feel all the feels and instead of fighting the feelings just embrace them and then whatever outcome is the outcome yeah or trying to justify a feeling or justify why it's no let's just stop and mm-hmm. it is like it is right now and we've got to mm-hmm. you know almost sink to find that well here's here's the bottom now what yeah you know like and that comes with time i think oh yeah dude you got yeah there's and, no yeah so so there's that and this isn't a major thing but this might be triggering to some and it's kind of it kind of makes me angry people hey how are you how how you holding <laughs> up how are you like how the fuck do you think i am like what do you like what kind of a question is that like hey man doing great or like or do you really want like ah uh, it's like instead of asking someone who just went through something how are you I guess what I would like for someone to say is, Hey, thinking about you today, you know, I'm here if you want to talk or what if someone says it's good to see you. I think I would like that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Because yeah, it's like, good to see you, man. Good to see you. The stuff like that. And again, that, that may be nitpicking, but, but it's just like that question. How are you? It's like, well, I don't think it's nitpicking when you're visiting someone and you know, like one of the most important people in their life just <laughs> died. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's a question. Just it's off the table. Right. Okay? It's absolutely off the table <laughs> by by just your presence and talking and spending time. Mm-hmm. Your question will be answered within a couple minutes. Exactly. Just be patient. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, just just think of another way to word it, yeah. like thinking of you or hey, yeah. it's, hey, um. I, I hope today, I hope today's bearable for, or some, you know, Hey, like, 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 like a well wish, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Hey, I hope today you feel more clarity about things. Hey, thank you so much. That means a lot, you know, just more just, Hey, I'm new at this. Is there anything I can do for you? Right. I mean, <laughs> nobody knows, but yeah. that's just the thing that I've learned is just don't ask how I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those tricky situations where it's like, you, you know, you don't want to get upset at the person for asking because oh, no. they're there. But at the same time, that person should also have enough insight to think <laughs> and be able to answer that question without asking it. Well, you know, chances are they haven't gone through a situation you know, they don't have a category for it. Yeah. And like, so I guess if it was just one person that asked, like maybe like this first person that mm. saw you, how are you doing to get a baseline? Mm. Okay, here's how I'm doing it. All right now. But like, if you're the 13th person in line at the viewings asking, <laughs> how are you doing? Like, <laughs> I'm just going to wear a shirt. You should just wear shirts and say like, I'm at a funeral for my dad. <laughs> how the hell do you think I'm doing? Right. Right, I know. Like, yeah, it's good to see you. Thanks for coming, but come uh-huh, on. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Um. So, but those are the only nitpicky things I, I think that I've found so far that are hard. Like, I just can't stress enough how thankful I am that people actually care enough to like give us meals and spend time with us and, you know, just hang out. Yeah. What are some of the things that, I mean, cause you've had, I mean, a tremendous outpouring of love and support. Like this certainly isn't a, a nitpick over anybody that's no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've had a outpouring of love and support. It seems like from so many people uh-huh. and you probably were even blown away yourself at the amount of impact oh, yeah. and influence that your dad had um, oh, yeah. with the community. Um, what have been some of like those moments where you just felt like, wow, like, well, it, people it, really care. It like, it's pisses, amazing. It like pisses me off because I wish he would have seen it or felt it. Mm. 
because like <clears throat> I had a friend was like, Hey, did you know that there's like a section on, um, the Patriot? Like, cause it was brand, uh, you know, the obituary was in the paper and there's online papers. She said, did you know that there's like a forum where people are writing down memories of your dad online? And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I'll send you a link. And she's like, actually there's another forum too, where more people are sharing stories about your dad. And I was like, what the heck? And so she sent me them and people were just flooding these things like Mr. Lebo, you know, knew I couldn't afford to go on. Um, I couldn't afford to go on a field trip. And so out of his own pocket, he paid my way to go on my school field trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like there was a dad in line at the funeral and he was like shaking and he hugged my brother and I, and he pulled out an envelope with a picture of my dad and a boy. And my dad was smiling with his arm around the boy And the dad was like, just so you know, this is my son. And your dad was a mentor to my son. And like, I was like, oh, wow, I had no idea. (laughs) And he was just that guy that would do deeds in the shadows. Like, I never knew he paid for some kid's field trip. Like, he didn't come home and boast. He didn't didn't tell anybody he did that. Like, he didn't tell us that he mentored someone's kid. And then there was like another guy that came through the line and he hugged us. And he was like, I had your dad as a third grade teacher. And I was like a big troublemaker and your dad was like the only teacher that was patient enough to give me the time of day. And it's like, dad never came home and told us that he did stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it's nice to hear those stories, but it makes me angry that like he, he didn't, he didn't see that in himself. So yeah. Or that he didn't feel. Yeah. To, to hear all of that and still it just adds another layer to the wrestling confusion. I don't know. Yeah, man. But, but so people have been very nice and like doing stuff like that and saying stuff like that. And which is nice. It's very, it's um, nice to know that people care. And I think for my family, we like having people around because there's like a loss and then like things get really hard at night whenever everybody leaves. And it's just like us three and it's like, Ooh, you know, then like it gets real. Yeah. So I don't know, man, I don't freaking know. It's all right. You don't, you don't have to know just a, just a day at a time. Yeah. You don't but have to know. And I guess, I guess, you know, if you're going through something or, you know, someone who's going through something, hopefully like this helps you not feel alone or gives you tips on how to better treat people in situations like this. And, uh, yeah. Well, I think that that's probably a good place to wrap up and, for you to come on and share some of that stuff. This is all still fresh. Like, mm-hmm. is it the first thing you wanted to do? No, probably not. <laughs> oh no. I wanna, you, I, you, I'd rather be sleeping. Right. Do you care? Do you care? Come to it? No, we'll come do it. Right. And like I said, I, I appreciate it. And I'm glad you did, even though it wouldn't have mattered to me one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I think at the end you'll look back and be like, you know what? I'm glad I did mm-hmm. while it's fresh and as hard as it is, sometimes it takes somebody in the moment if it means helping somebody else process right. and feel and it's, it's worth it. Well, let me you end know. it. Let me end it with this. Yeah. You just reminded me of something. So I always try to find something in everything, obviously listen to our podcast. And I like, instead of looking at this time in my life as dark and it's always going to be dark, but like what, like I always try to find some kind of nugget of life or nugget of light to bring from something and I just think of this time now as like, I, I hope someday I can use it as like a tool. Like I just have more tools in my tool belt. And if I ever come across somebody who lost someone like me or something similar, I now have categories. And I now have tools I can be at the ready and help someone else. So with this podcast, like 
I'm only doing it really so they can help someone else really right now. And I guess it's nice to talk about it to get it out there, but yeah, help those around you. Well, uh, you're loved and cared for and I appreciate you opening up. Thanks, man. And John went on a trip the other week and had a lot of cool experiences. So on a later episode, we will get into like all of John's cool experiences. <laughs> there's, there's Tim. <laughs> what? <laughs> Thinking about me. Well, yeah, cause this is the two way street here. I, I don't like it being all about me. There's a lot of cool stuff that John experienced and he's super jazzed about life. And there's a lot of cool things that he's got in the pipeline. And so he was sharing with me and I think it's all good stuff. And I think you would like hearing about it. So, yeah. um, We'll get into that later. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening.